0: Hello again, listeners, and uh, hello to two first-time listeners, I guess. I am here this Saturday afternoon with a cup of coffee in my hand, so things are good. Uh, We are back with the second episode of the podcast two weeks later. I know you could probably hardly contain yourself over that time, but um, we're here the day after Valentine's Day, which is fitting because the two guests today you will fall in love with. Um, but not really. Don't do that. That'd be that'd be weird. And I'm pretty sure they're taken. So come on. Now. Um, but seriously, they're both fantastic. I had um, Megan Carter and Megan Kearney, who were um, both webcomics comics, uh, web comic artists, uh, web cartoonists. I guess you could say, um, and they continue to be so, you know, so they were, but they, they still are, um, <laughs> and so you can hear them, uh, they're both going to be talking about it today, and they, they work together, and it was really interesting to talk to both of them, um, They it's really convenient they're both in the same studio, so I could just meet with the both of them there, and uh, it went really well, so uh, I hope all of you enjoy this, and uh, here we go. Uh, okay, there we go. We are up and running. Let me just sort of adjust the stuff here and there. Alright, cool. So we are doing an interview with uh, well I'll let you guys introduce yourselves, I guess. So start with you.
1: Uh, I'm Megan Carney. I'm a cartoonist. And uh my name's Megan, and I am also a self-employed cartoonist.
0: Alright, and we'll we're gonna because the double Megan factor will we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll go by <laughs> Megan and just cause that I like
2: the double dragon factor
0: exactly <laughs> exactly why isn't there a double Megan? that's the real question cause that would be a sweet game
2: mm-hmm. it's coming this <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, and uh, you guys are both web cartoonists. I guess that's the, the connection there. That and you guys off, you know, work out of the same studio, so it's super convenient to get you guys on the same interview, <laughs> which works out well. To walk a whole three paces to reach each other's desks. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a bit of a trek, but we did it. We did it together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you guys are, I mean, you're both illustrators, really, though. I mean, that's kind of, like, I mean, have you guys uh, come from sort of a different... I guess training or uh, like upbringing in the craft, or well, you took
2: animation, right? I I took a myriad things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually I started in the fine arts. I did a three year degree in visual arts with an English minor. Um, and from there I went oh. on to Sheridan College where I did a four-year honors degree in animation,
0: which is a super mm-hmm. tough program to get into so, It's a you know. super
2: tough program to be in <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kudos on that uh,
2: And then as we were talking about earlier, I did a year of night school courses uh, with Ty Templeton
0: Yes, and which is our date. Yeah, <sighs> we are both alumni of the, the Ty Templeton School
2: Just Living a life of luxury and
0: Yeah, and you campus. know, <laughs> you know, like scraping by <laughs> freelance work <laughs> And what about you, Carter? Uh,
1: I took three years of illustration at the Hard Knock School of Max the Mutt.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, where Ty is actually from.
0: Yeah, that was his first sort of teaching gig, and then he kind yeah, of went solo. Yeah, he went solo. Yeah. So pulled- I
1: had him just before he packed up his bags. <laughs> <laughs> before I he went off Phil Collins on
0: it. And uh, yeah, so that that's your your training then is from there. Yeah,
1: I took uh, illustration for sequential art. So I actually studied the the whole nine yards on like how to do comics there.
0: Okay, cool. I actually took a tour there when I was sort of sort of shopping for schools. I I have a very minimal visual art background, but I went to school at uh, Humber ultimately for like a two year program, which I can't really recommend. <laughs> say. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's a good. Starting school, if you if you want to go and do more school, which wasn't what I wanted to do, Max the Mud actually seemed like something that was a little bit more of a finish, like a polished um, sort of program in terms of you, with the three years you come out with a pretty strong portfolio and a, a skill set. Um, but I took a tour there; and it was really nice. It's yeah. actually kind of small downtown, and you know, lots of lots of studio space and stuff.
1: Yeah, so, same tour. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh- Yeah, no it's a great course. Uh, I would say that we were the first graduating class, so we were also kind of the guinea guinea pigs pigs, of like what sticks to the wall, what doesn't, and so there were a couple couple of buffer courses, but uh, at the end of it, you know, you had Ty Templeton, you had Dave Ross, uh, Kent Burles, who runs the illustration program, and Ed Shawcross, who does the life drawing, and he's amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, for, for like anyone listening to this that is sort of more art-minded, uh, you know, individual or interested in sort of the illustration side of things, I think anyone will agree that like life drawing is one of the most crucial things you can invest in in terms of developing. It's, uh, it's huge. I'm, or do you guys agree? I'm curious. I'm
1: nodding vigorously. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a uh,
2: life drawing an eye. I get really nervous, so I just cried through four years of life drawing at Sheridan. (laughs) I would just sit in the back and, like, cry quietly into my content. (laughs) 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 Because I had done fine art life drawing three years before that, which is, you know, like, oh, how does this feel? Right, yeah. I feel the energy. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to own this. And then it's like, I'm going to need you to identify, like... All of the metatarsals.
0: Oh! And I was like, yeah, oh my the, gosh. The I'm, anatomical side of it. Very that's,
2: technical, very anatomical. Great, very useful. Not at all what I was used to.
0: Yeah, no, that's gotta be really stressful. I mean, because you don't even wanna, like, I think your first thought, you don't even really think about that when you're just drawing from life. Like, you just, you see it and you're like, oh, that looks sort of like an oval and I'm gonna draw it like that. And it's like, no, those are these muscles and they're doing that.
2: First year exams, you've gotta do the skeletal exam. Ooh. So you need to, Draw it all from memory, label it all from memory, then you gotta do the same thing again with muscles. That's not front, life drawing. Front, That's right anatomy. Yeah, it's so you true. You have to memorize
1: it. Oh. You need to be
2: like, oh yeah, this scapula is really nicely connected to the like, trapezius <laughs> right here. Oh, so, yeah.
0: so essentially, I mean, animators are like a step away from being a surgeon. Right?
2: <laughs> surgery i mean i'm not dr carter no. but i think i can handle
0: it <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's it's pre- that's intense i can't even imagine how that must have been in terms of a
2: crying yeah
0: i just <laughs> like cause i just dealt with like a life drawing teacher that would like kind of look over your shoulder and be like the perspective on this is a little off or something and you know that's it not like you're not incorporating that muscle group correctly
1: yep but, uh, my friend Ken, uh, who I went to Max the Mutt with, he took illustration with me, and then afterwards, he went to Sheridan, oh, and yeah. he had the life shrine there, and it was the exact same thing, where they were completely different from how we were taught yeah. at Max the Mutt, and so he had a really tough time, so it wasn't just good. <laughs> <It's> good.
0: <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine anyone really finding that easy, unless you know, you it's, have x-ray vision.
2: It's good, like, it's a really useful thing, and I'm... Sort of glad it was beaten into me, <laughs> but it did not like jive with my nature. Nature to cry, my nature to cry a lot, yeah. and to be sloppy and quick.
0: Yeah, which I mean, like I think animation—it's animation's precise and quick. I guess
2: animation's really precise.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you guys—you know—you both have artistic backgrounds. Where I mean, where did uh, you guys kind of go from a career perspective that landed you to doing like web comics? So I guess I'll start with you, Carter.
1: Uh, I, 2010, I graduated in May. Uh, August, Fan Expo that year. Right. Uh, my scripting teacher, Scott Chandler, came over to Scott Chandler,
0: uh, like, of of Two two Generals generals fame? fame. Oh my god.
1: No, he was my scripting teacher. Wow. And, uh, the first draft of my webcomic takeoff was done in his class. And in August Fan Expo he came up to mine and my table mate Selena's table and he's like, Uh, you guys were the best in my class and I don't want you guys fading away to just be waitresses or whatever. I want you guys using your degree, so two months I want you guys to start a webcomic. Uh, my table mate Selena uh, went on to pursue actual paid work, but I was
0: already I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah.
1: Uh, but I was already a big fan of web comics and the craft of web comics, so mm-hmm. I just took that as like, all right, that's my motivation. I don't want to disappoint Scott.
0: And <laughs> yeah. within yeah, two talk-
1: months, I started takeoff.
0: Wow, that's awesome! You got a mandate from Scott Chandler yeah. to make a web comic. That's there's like very few like there's I can't think of a much higher calling than that.
2: I'm picturing like the annunciation, like Gabriel's there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god, like with the Making pointing job, it. yeah. It's like, you shall make yeah, webcomics. You
2: comments. shall <laughs> bear a child and it shall be called Take Off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, that's amazing. So yeah, you, were
2: heard... you
1: guys there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're the engine, <laughs> of don't recognize me without my robe. <laughs>
0: That's that's really awesome. And so you really kind of just launched right into it. That was the, yeah. That was yeah.
1: I was I think I was probably like looking for an excuse to for the launch, and yeah. that was it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the that's the kick in the in the pants that yeah, you need. Absolutely. Really, absolutely. wow. And uh, what about you, Meg?
2: Um, well, fewer angelic choruses. <laughs> uh, Sheridan does a, an industry day at the end of things. They because the yeah. fourth year is spent creating a thesis film, uh, and they have. Like a big Which, film launch. And yeah, you did
0: like an animated short thing, right? Uh,
2: yeah, I did an yep. animated short called Once Upon a Winter Wood.
0: Which I've seen. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's
2: actually done pretty well. Um,
0: it's super nice.
2: So, uh, because of that film, uh, one of my professors, Nancy Beeman, uh, formerly of Disney, um, introduced me to a group of people from DreamWorks uh, and they asked if they could <laughs> actually take that film for a Best Student Films of the Year showing. Which made my ego like get I was say, like, up. <laughs>
0: so how is this less angelic? Because I mean yeah. that's pretty huge yeah, too. Because of where I wound up. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and like in third year, uh, I'd been invited to interview with Pixar. So looked, like
0: exciting
2: wow. things had happened. Wow. But uh, so I graduated and I was like, yeah, here we go. Like DreamWorks wanted to see my film. This is gonna <laughs> be good. It's gonna be good. Two months later, it's gonna be good. Two oh, no. months later. It's you was all good.
0: Um, and <laughs> just sort of so, well, the, the 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 momentum sort of faded.
2: Well, I was I was job hunting, and yeah. I was actually I was working freelance for Jib Jab. I was doing animated e cards. Okay, um, yeah, from home.
0: Okay, uh, I, I feel like I know that name. Is that the?
2: They, they're the funny e card Right, company. right, right. They yeah, actually yeah. do really nice stuff. Cool. Um, I think some friends of mine are still working with them. But it was not a really high-paying job, I needed, I wanted something full-time, uh, and I wound up going into mobile games as the art director of a small company. Oh wow.
0: It's um, a cool title anyway. It's yeah, a nice it was, title. it was a good
2: title. Yeah. Uh, they kind of brought me on with the idea that it would be primarily like characters I and mean, character art, but it wound up being UI, uh-huh. user interface for people who aren't in games, uh, which is a design job. Yeah. Not... Um, An art, like, yeah, you know, not a creative art job. yeah. It requires a really different mindset than what I had. So I was not really happy in that position. Um, to mentioned, I mean, I like,
0: you're, you're, like, it's not even your technical training, right? I mean, like, no, there are people that go to school just for understanding user interfaces and stuff like that. That's, it's well, really a wheelhouse that's, like, completely separate, so... My
2: boss later told me that he hired me because I seemed cheerful, so... <laughs> Maybe not was, the best hiring policies uh, there, but it was fine. Actually, um, we actually currently have a former coworker of mine here in the studio now. She's still working for the company, but now her desk is here.
0: Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> so you kind of get the best of the, the best of both worlds with that, which is pretty sweet.
2: So I left. Um, I left that game company. Actually, right before we opened up the studio here. Okay. And I've been here ever since, working freelance. And you decided
0: to go the freelancer route. I love it. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's kind of uh, I mean that's interesting going from the professional world into sort of like a a self-employed uh creative uh, or sorry freelance world like how did you find in terms of uh working in like the the atmosphere the work atmosphere and those sorts of realms of like you know working for a company is it is it tough to deal with or
2: i don't do well in that environment yeah. for a lot of people it's great because it's structured and there's clear expectations um for me i really chafed under that yeah i really wasn't happy and i was because I was unhappy and because I felt anxious, I wasn't performing as well as I would expect myself to. So I actually wound up having a fairly massive breakdown, oh. which kind of lit the fire under me to, like I needed to start working for myself, I needed to get out of my home office. Uh, my main office had closed and gone, gone mobile, quotation marks. <laughs> um, so it, it kind of reached a point where it was, I'm going to start doing something for myself, or, I'm going to drown myself in the river. So, at that point, it's pretty clear I needed to do something. Well, I'm,
0: I'm glad you chose the former. Me I think we're all, we're all better off for that. From a
2: much healthier standpoint, I'm glad
0: too. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, I mean, you guys both ultimately sort of landed on webcomics very specifically. I'm curious. Like what kind of uh, stuff? Like, or what influenced that decision to go that route? Like, why webcomics? Other than you know, not Scott, like, not Scott Chandler telling you to, <laughs> but like, I mean, what influences in terms of webcomics? Like, why do you think that medium is something that you wanted to work in?
1: Uh, for a long time, I think almost since like point eight, and I'm like 24 now. I've been reading webcomics from like Mega Tokyo, PvP, yeah. questionable content, all the good it's stuff, like, gags. Yeah. Uh, And at this point in time, like where we are in the market for like independent comics, webcomics is just kind of the natural place to be. Yeah. Where it used to be like, oh, well, make a mini comic, bring it to a publisher, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, Try to self-publish or bring it to shows. Now it's make a webcomic, get it out there because people are going to see it online and then, you know, go the convention route to start paying money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's building an audience is a huge thing now, and we're going to get into that a little later, because I really want. to, I'm curious about both of your guys' perspective in terms of building an audience and what you find works and doesn't. But um, also, you, Meg, what did you find in terms of about webcomics? Like, why did you decide to go that route?
2: It just made sense. Like, um, I had done, like, a self-published comic when I was younger, yeah. and really not seeing a lot of returns on that. Like, oh, now I have a pile of floppies, what do I do? Yeah. And I thought it would be a lot of fun to do something. I wanted to do a long form story. I wanted to do Beauty and the Beast. I've been thinking about it for years, wanting to do it, but not having the confidence. And I realized that this is a way I can have a journeyman piece. I can have feedback on my progress as I go. I can put it in front of people who might want to see it. This is a way for me to learn my craft. And hopefully
0: when I come out the other side, uh, I would be ready to be working professionally. That's good point. So, I mean, it's kind of both uh, like a creative, I guess, training exercise and as well it's, you know, it's a it's a passion project. It's something that you can do and, and stand behind as a body of work, you know, so I guess that, that works out well. How do you guys find in terms of the cost of it, you know, as opposed to publishing comics, which is pricey because, you know, you have to go to a printer and spend all that money and, you know, have that, all those boxes of comics <laughs> that you have to find how to get rid of. How do you find like the, like the upkeep of like having your own website?
1: Uh, when I, now it seems like nothing, but like when I first started Takeoff, I was just hosting it on my blog spot. Oh, okay. And it wasn't until, I started in November and it wasn't until the following May that I finally had to like. Drag my ass up and be like, "All right, let's <laughs> make a website." <laughs> and it was really painful, and I had to get a lot of help from uh, a friend of mine who was involved with web design. But uh, now there's like there's virtually no upkeep once it's set up. I, I use WordPress and ComicPress, which is yeah. one of the defaults with uh, uh, web comics.
0: Yeah, what is ComicPress? I'm not familiar with that.
1: Um, WordPress is a blogging software that yeah. you basically apply to your host, uh, right. and then ComicPress is a plugin. That you uh, download to WordPress. I'm using the worst jargon whatsoever because I haven't done it in years. But uh, it's a a plug-in for WordPress that basically formats the site. That makes sense to me
0: anyway. I don't really know about anyone listening, but... Sorry, if you don't if you don't know, you're probably listening to this on the internet. So look it up. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> Just look up every tutorial you can. That's how I did it. Did, I what's a plugin? I need you to teach me that. Oh, uh, you're gonna go regret it.
2: <laughs> i regret so many things, about our relationship,
1: sorry, <laughs> <laughs> my life. Oh, sorry. But, uh, yeah there's virtually no upkeep with it Uh, once it's set up because a host and uh, what's it called a domain name it's uh, relatively cheap every two years to renew for like 40 80 bucks
0: yeah I mean that's virtually nothing yeah like 80 bucks you might get like a proof of a comic. You know? Exactly. <laughs> you'll get like you'll get like two copies to so
1: compared to printing. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally... Printing
0: a copy. Yeah, like. And um, do you find that's the same kind of thing for you as well, or do uh, you, what is your route in terms of publishing your comic online?
2: Right now, I'm using a web comics hosting place. I oh, okay. Know I should have my own website. Mm-hmm. But I am not tech-savvy, and I do not have the money to hire someone right now. Yeah. So, so it's, you have your domain name, which is yeah, still do. just as usable. Yeah. It's it's hosted on Comic Theory right now. Oh, okay. Um, I do have my own proper domain for my portfolio and my professional work, and that's yeah. kept separately. So right. I've got that, at least.
0: Yeah. So I guess it's, like, you, you find it's important to kind of keep your personal sort of online presence for, you know, like your portfolio just as, a, as an artist and illustrator separate from the comic you want it to stand alone. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I guess that's probably important. I mean, you know, you want to make sure that you want to have a certain amount of separation from the artist and the products, right? I mean, like, you know, obviously you want people to identify you as the creator, but, you know, it I think it probably doesn't seem that professional if it's just like, "Oh, here's my comic and, you know, here's my, you know, Fine art.
2: Yeah, my life as well. drawing. Yeah, exactly.
0: Here are my life drawings. As Seven well.
2: foot nude. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I guess I, I do have links to the comic from my portfolio, of course. Well, um, yeah. But I like my portfolio to be self-contained because that's what I send to potential clients, and that's what I. Shop around,
0: yeah. and obviously, yeah, the the comics are a, a big part of what you would want to sell yeah. your sell yourself. At, I mean, you know, as part of your what you do.
2: Like, I would feel bad sending an advertising firm like, "Here, read two hundred pages of comics and get back to me on Monday." <laughs> like, instead, I can be like, well, "Look, here's some pictures, and I'll see you later."
0: But yeah, I definitely think uh, the domain name is probably the most essential of, of all things, yeah. right? Because you know, if you have to be like, eh, "It's this."
1: DrunkDuck.com yeah. slash yeah. Uh, <laughs> The underscore beauty underscore beast. Yeah. Do you remember Keen Spot? Yes, I absolutely <laughs> remember Keen Spot. I don't
2: remember Keenspot Spot. No,
1: it's a. Right back in the day it's it was now. a. Uh, yeah, it was a big webcomics collective and okay. hosting. Uh, uh, so things like um, Penny and Aggie were on there. Miss was on there. Yeah, Horribleville was on there. Back in the day.
0: yeah. See, see, this is how I know you guys are just profoundly bigger webcomic geeks than me. Because, I mean, you're throwing out names. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. like, horrible. I'm like, I don't know. But that's part of why I'm doing this. Because I'm just trying to geek out on all things. Like, anyone who can geek out on something, I want to talk to them. Because I'm like a... Because
2: I'm, no one else will. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: exactly. No, I just, you know, like, I like I to dabble. Like, I'm a really bad nerd i just i can't (laughs) commit like i like web comics but i read stuff like saturday morning breakfast cereal and penny arcade or whatever right and like the ones that's like oh yeah everyone knows that one but you know there's so many cool web comics out there that people need to know about like you Aww. exactly and actually that that seems like a perfect time now to, to just actually give people who are listening the the actual addresses of your webcomics. So, what's Takeoff? What's the URL?
1: Sure, it's uh, megacarter.com, as in Mega Man, uh, slash Takeoff.
0: All right, so that's that's pretty easy to get to. And what about yours?
2: Uh, I am, as I said, I'm posting on a, a comic server. So, mine is at batb.thecomicseries.com.
0: Okay. That's not that bad, though. I mean, like, that doesn't yeah, sound like... It's not like dot angle fire
2: <laughs> yeah oh my dark past <laughs> high school Megan her ears perked up it's somewhere like,
0: oh yeah I think that was like for for our generation that was like everyone's first introduction oh, to making a geocities
2: the Cities. yeah geocities oh. yeah oh. I
0: definitely had a geocities page
2: oh me too yeah
0: fist bump and it had just the most horrible neon text and I had no understanding of
2: it's like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> a lot of tables online yeah
0: exactly <laughs> People, I think I might have burned some retinas if anyone was unfortunate enough to actually visit it.
2: I was always going way over my bandwidth, and the site was crashing constantly. Oh, really? But that's a good problem. That's awesome. I had you a- had like a big well-to-do Sailor Moon No, no, that was Leslie. Oh, I, Leslie. I had a notoriously well-known Pokemon fan site. Yeah. Oh man. I ran. I ran a uh, Pokemon site called Dokoga. Um <laughs> Which people still email me about, despite really? the fact that it vanished like a decade ago.
0: That's hardcore fan. Someone wanted
2: to buy it from you, right? No, um, actually, some of my readers that I have now—they found me because of that. Oh. Wow,
0: that's super cool. Because, like,
2: like, I've always liked to liked to research. Makes me sound uh, interesting, but <laughs> I was always like, I feel like there's more to this. I want to look into it, and then Pokemon. I can't. Well, because. Yeah, That's a whole other podcast <laughs> I could explain this <laughs> Anyway, at any rate, I started collecting some things And importing some things from Japan that weren't wildly available And I put that online And Apparently there is a rabid fandom for that stuff That's that super That cool. still wants to talk to me about it
0: So you, your <laughs> Online origins are As a humble, well not so humble Pokemon, like, <laughs> fangirl
2: Like, like giant Throbbing ego, of a Pokemon <laughs> fan girl.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. You know, you made it when your Geocities site or whatever is crashing Guns. Yeah, yeah. Crashing.
2: Oh a Daisy chained them. Uh, three Geo
0: City's addresses and an Angel Fire. All together. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway, webcomics. comics. Oh my
0: god, that's that's almost. You know, that's kind of related. I think that's that was a good tangent to go on. Well,
2: let's not talk about my early
0: Pokemon. But actually, I mean that that is a good. <laughs> that's a great segue though, because from going from. Having these fans that followed you from a, you know, Pokemon fan site to your current comic, to your webcomic, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's a great, that's a great way to kind of, that's amazing that you could bring a core audience over.
2: I didn't even do that. They found me.
0: Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, that's, (laughs) and that's what happens when you have really strong fans, right? Like, they find you. You don't have to go to them. But, you know, I mean, obviously building a fan base Com- a big part of that is getting the people that don't care who you are <laughs> and getting them to read your, your comic, right? So I'm curious about what you guys like to speak to uh, to your experiences of getting fans or getting people reading your comic and like, you know, what what you found has worked and what hasn't and how's the process been going for you? So I'll start with you, Carter.
1: Uh... Right now, uh, social media has been big. Like, uh, every time I update a page, wherever I'm involved, uh, Tumblr, especially Twitter and Facebook, I always post, hey, new page on the comic. Uh, And so, you know, those big places that I'm involved, I always advertise. Uh, Tumblr's been big for that. Uh, I've also advertised, you know, with Project Wonderful, which is a service that lets you advertise on other web comics and all kinds of sites uh, that oh, uh, have similar categories to you, similar themes to cool. you,
0: just attracting similar fans. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and Product Wonderful was good for a little bit. I think I've used it up. Uh, but yeah, that built it up, and now uh, what's been really big is like the few uh, fans that I did have in the beginning. Every time. That they would like come to the site and every time a new person comes and says oh you know just finished the webcomic. I really loved it I'll always always reply to that comment say thank you so much that's so nice of you to say so that personally uh, exactly and the first time that they've interacted with the site they've had a positive uh, outcome and yeah. so it mm-hmm. makes them want to keep doing it or come back or tell more people about it and so I just I try to make a, a positive environment and uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A positive experience yeah. for them every time they come a to the A good site.
0: user experience. Right? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good point. Like, getting your fans, like, kind of getting your fans to hit that point of, like, Evangelical
1: Yeah <laughs> uh, To the point
0: where they want to tell their friends about it That's so invaluable The super
1: fan? Yeah,
0: well, you, like, I think to be, like, to really get a good readership You've got to have those people Yeah Because at a certain point, advertisement and, like, you know, putting yourself out there Is only going to do so much You need sort of that endorsement from someone else as well
2: I will never forget the day um, We hold events here at the studio sometimes And uh, someone had brought uh, a student along with them And we were getting ready and she was looking around the studio while we were waiting to start like the afternoon event. And she came into the room like eyes like dinner plates. And she walked uh, up and said, "There's a big takeoff poster in the other room." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's um that's Megan Carter's desk." She said, "Megan Carter works here," <laughs> <laughs> and she was so excited. It oh, was hilarious. She's so adorable. <laughs>
0: see that's that's awesome i mean like that's got to be the thing that you aspire to especially to have those kind of like i know for me like wanting to do comics and wanting to do stories just tell stories that's what i want more than anything is to have that person come to you that is just like the the work was so impactful that it meant that much to them that they really care that's got to be a really great feeling
1: it's it's amazing and uh it's a big thing when um when I've said this to Megan a couple times, and uh, I've learned this a lot. Where when you create something that's very close to your heart and something that is undeniably basically you, uh, you are, without even trying, going to attract people that are like you. Mm. It's and so, so true. When there's like a jerk who runs a comic and he's like, Man, all my fans are like, Can I cuss on you?
0: Oh yeah, go well, yeah. I don't
1: fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh like, my fans are assholes and I don't know why. Like they just won't shut up and it's like, it's got you.
0: it's your fault. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a good point, right? Yeah. I mean like There's if you're only
1: one reason they keep coming back. Yeah,
0: if you're a jerk, the jerks are going, are to, going to attract to You are going to attract jerks. Yeah. And
1: so I've been really lucky that I've attracted, you know, people who are like me and people like I just I uh, get along with really easily. Yeah.
0: What does that tell you about the guy that he if like they're like him and he doesn't like them? It's like, you know, Guess maybe, what? You should, maybe you should look in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like and what about you, Meg, because I know you're you're pretty you're pretty new and that your comic's been around a little over a year now, right?
2: Yes. Starting yeah, a little over a year, about a year yeah. and a half
0: now. So, I mean, you've got, I guess, a little bit of a different perspective. I mean, or you haven't been that much longer at it, but enough that, you know, you've kind of... been
2: at it about twice as long as I have. There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, how have you found that uh, there's, like, the growth process, has it been uh, really difficult in the initial phases, or...?
2: I think it's it's interesting because I'm doing a long-form narrative, which is naturally way harder to hook readers than, like, a gag a day comic Yeah,
0: or yeah, that's um, true.
2: But I'm lucky in that because I'm working with uh, a well-known fairy tale, yeah. there is an entry point for a lot of people who are already interested in that story. So they'll I'll get some who come in just like, oh, they're excited because it's Beauty and the Beast. Great! I like everything Beauty and the Beast. They're lovely. And then I get some who come in who are kind of like, alright, what do you got? Yeah. Like prove to me that you're as big a super fan as I am.
0: Yeah, or prove to me that you, you deserve to be, you know, covering this story that's meant so much I mean, them.
1: That is the most satisfying thing of all. Do yeah. you ever get people who are like trying to quiz you on Beauty of the Beast? Constantly. Yeah. Really? I am yeah. hip queen. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no no. That
1: sounds that sounds
2: really cocky, but, but as I said before, research is important to me. Like yeah. I researched for about a decade like, Wow. I committed to this that's that's huge and like some of that is that I was simply too young to handle what I wanted to do which is why it was such a long research period but I've been playing with it since I was 15 seriously
0: that's that's huge and I mean that's that's you know an important thing for anyone you know like any creator that's sort of thinking about you know adapting something certainly like because it's it's a very attractive idea to take something that's public domain and well-known and be like I'm going to do my spin on it, and people will read it because they know this thing.
1: It's yes. a built-in audience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly, And it's very appealing to do that. However, the the pitfall is obvious that if you don't come in really knowing your stuff, people aren't going to care. They're not going to be impressed. You're not you know? going
2: to gain the respect of those people, and I think it's important to be worthy of your material, to, yeah. to show respect for that, to be knowledgeable about its history, uh, but also to bring yourself to the table. I think it would be wrong of me to do a surface retelling. Yeah, like, I I pour a lot of myself into this. I've given it a lot of thought, like the themes I want to examine, uh, the personalities of the characters, like that's me. I'm using I'm using this structure to tell not a new story, but to explore a different aspect of the
0: story. Yeah, which I think uh, is how a lot of successful, uh, you know, re- like sort of retellings are, tend to be. You know, to, to give it a new perspective or something. Because yeah, if you're telling the same old story, uh, you know, people are either going to call you a hack because they think yeah, you're just rehashing something that's already been done, um, or it's just not going to really, it's not going to really stand out. It's not going to have any sense of like you know personality to it. Now, I'm curious too because I mean. Beauty of the Beast is a fable that's so deeply entrenched with Disney's version of it, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> How much of that do you deal with with like the fan base? Like do you have a lot of sort of...
2: You know, not very much. Really? I think at first, I think some of the people came in kind of side-eyeing me a little bit. Like, yeah. Oh, what are you going to do with this? Um, very quickly that vanished. Um... I think a lot of my readers are really well versed so they've like they've read the Villeneuve version they know the Beaumont version they've seen like the Cocteau films they've seen um, the Gerhardt Hertz films so they're they are really well versed. Yeah, exactly. I
0: think <laughs> Carter and I are just like, whoa, way over just our the heads. That's, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. I mean that's really only so, my my I, knowledge of it I, other than knowing it was I
2: love the Disney yeah. version. I have a big autographed print from it above my desk. Yeah. Don Hahn came to my school, he signed my stuff.
0: That's so cool. Um perks of being at Sheridan and yeah. their Disney <laughs> affiliations.
2: But um yeah, the Disney version is gorgeous and immensely well done and very much did define what Beauty and the Beast was For at least a decade Yeah Um I'm really happy That I'm not trying to do My comic like In the wake of that film The recent yeah. yeah Oh my god This year's gonna be difficult Cause there's three New live action film
0: versions Coming out Yeah So I'm I, I there's, There is a TV series that is virtually in no way related to it It's
2: filming in Toronto constantly yeah. I'm uh, seriously considering just trying to be in all the backgrounds
0: <laughs> I've actually been on the set I've been at the studio there They film it just down at Kipling.
1: Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, at,
0: oh. The, at the Cinespace I don't know if I have those connections I went just to, to my class Just like the background? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> just like awesome yeah. face
2: Yeah like on rollerblades, cruising through <laughs> the <that> background. <laughs>
0: oh um, man! But that's—it's hard to really draw too many parallels to your comic from that because it's. It's based on it's the like, 1980s
2: television show. Oh, is that very, what? Like that's yeah, specifically that, um, what they're going for. Linda Hamilton, Ron Perlman show in the 80s. Yeah. Nerd. Um, <laughs> although. Ron is yeah. the beast That's perfect. I know
1: right <laughs> I
0: feel like that guy cowboy too <laughs> That yeah, guy has a Hallboy. face Built for costume making.
1: Yeah <laughs> He has a great voice too He does so I would love him as
2: the beast
0: he's, yeah. yeah
2: you've got Like three seasons of that In the 80s Oh <laughs> But anyways, I feel like the the new televised version is more a discussion of post-traumatic stress syndrome than yeah. anything else.
0: Yeah, it's, I've only watched a bit of it, but it's, yeah, it doesn't hearken too much to the original sort of...
2: No, it's, it's largely unrelated to the fairy tale.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, my my really, my only exposure is the Disney and also the Fable, uh, like the Fables yeah, version. Right. Um, which is a decent, that's a, a good time because you actually went to FableCon last I year. I did
2: go to FableCon. Uh, Bill Willingham embarrassed me in a bar What? <laughs> That's
0: a story that needs to go on Oh, yeah.
2: it's a story we never need to tell again No, I was It was my first convention uh, I was really I, I, It was last year and I was about to say I was really young um, I was really I'm still really young <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Just Beautiful <laughs> No, we've been invited to um, an after party With a lot of the other comic artists uh, At the hotel bar, which was Intimidating, to say the least. Yeah,
0: that's like, you hear stories about that being a thing that happens at conventions, but you, like, you know, like, you never expect to be one of the people invited no, out to so, that.
2: so, uh, were uh, indeed. <laughs> we were invited <laughs> out, and went, and I made the mistake of, as we got in the door, saying to him, like, oh, wow, like, I don't feel like I've earned the right to be here. So he took me by the arm, <laughs> and took me around the bar to every single person there, and said... Do you think she has the right to be here,
1: <laughs> Bill Willingham? That. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's pretty intense. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I was.
0: Oh man. So
1: the man, the man
0: who is the reason the convention exists at all. <gasps>
2: It, oh was, it was a blast. That's uh, awesome. And he did apologize to me after.
0: Aww. But that's so, that's like, that's really sweet at the same time, though. Yeah. It's embarrassing, but also really sweet. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, that's <laughs> too funny.
1: He did it so that you will literally never, ever say I, that again. It's true, I will yeah. never say that again.
0: Yep. So I guess he's not the most, like, I guess he's not the most intimidating guy in the sense that he just...
2: He was really yeah, nice. Yeah, you just wonderful from the convention.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's... Where is that host anyway? I that was in Minnesota. In Minnesota. I, um, I thought it was like Chicago. The former
2: studio mate, Savannah McIntosh. Former studio founder, co-founder, mm-hmm. Savannah McIntosh and I drove... She drove 15 hours so we could go to that convention.
0: That's, that's pretty dedicated. You know, like, that's a haul. That's a big haul. Not to mention just the cost of fuel for a trip like that, but... I imagine for something like a webcomic, Fablecon would probably be a really good place to be at.
2: I got a lot of work out of that convention, actually. Really? Two of my favorite writers to work with I met at that convention.
0: Can you name them, or is that like, is it still kind of hush-hush?
2: Um, you already worked with them? Uh, one of them I, I'd better not. Okay,
0: all right, yes. for the safety of yeah. not wanting to sort of... They
2: are two lovely and talented writers Okay. Uh, that I would name-drop and say you should watch out for except they're doing fine for themselves. All right, well, that's good. I mean,
0: <laughs> at least we don't have to worry about, you know, like, missing an opportunity to promote right something. Runs with,
1: isn't. uh, Lee <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <Burke> Bark <Ballar. laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> No. But, uh, that's, that's... I mean, I mean, it seems like the kind of a thing where it's not... It's not like a big, you know, San Diego Comic-Con or, like, you know, for something more local for us, a Fan Expo or, or, you know, Comic-Con where it's, like, I feel like a big audience of that is, like, they're not necessarily, like, big comic readers or, you know, like, uh, certainly not web comic readers, but more people that are into just sort of the the stuff that goes around it, like, just science fiction and just, like, genre fans, you yeah. know, what you could say. And that's... They've got to be a tough sell. I mean, I, I'm curious for both of you guys. I mean, Fan Expo must be the convention in Toronto that, you know, everyone gets a gets a booth at. What do you guys find works in terms of conventions like that? Do you find you get a, an audience out of that, or how do you find it?
1: Uh, well, one thing I would say is, like, I would disagree that they aren't webcomic fans. It's just the problem is uh people at fan expo are looking for something they already know they're not looking for new stuff and so i would say that that, yes they are looking for the mainstream dc marvel stuff and the sci-fi stuff uh but they'll go to like the big webcomic booths that like blind Fair has their big booth there uh you know something positive was just there last year all right uh but for Fan Expo, yeah, uh, takeoff uh, this year I had the book at uh, Fan Expo, but I was basically just selling friends their copies. Right. Uh, I would say that a smaller convention, not super small now, but uh, TCAF, uh, I was. Yeah. I was uh, just. Uh, how do I say this? I was just piggybacking off of my friend Agnes Garbausco. Yep. She's
0: she's lovely.
1: She's great. I love her and she's been super helpful to me in that, uh, you know, for I helped out at her table at TCAT and in exchange I didn't have to pay anything. I got to have my book there. Awesome. And I sold all my copies there and I learned so much from Agnes about how to, you know, sell a book at a table to people.
0: And I imagine that's really helpful. It's good to have you know, someone a little bit more veteran yes. kind of take you under their wing. Absolutely. I mean, um, with like say us, like Meg and I, we have the benefit of someone like Ty Templeton, who we did a class under. And I mean, he's a guy that's been established for years and stuff. And he will shamelessly self promote, or like, or shamelessly <laughs> promote, I should say. Um, you know, students of his that are doing work and stuff like that. Have you found that you know stuff like that has actually helped you in terms of your readership or anything like that? Or? Fan Expo. Or no, sorry, I meant like with Ty's promotion and also the fan expo thing as well.
2: I don't think that my work um, is really the sort of work that Ty's readership is interested
0: in. That's a good. So that's I, good haven't point. I, mean, that, um, I haven't
2: had that. Most people that experience,
0: yeah, most people it is boothing conventions or people that have been reading like his Batman adventures yeah, or Spider-Man or
2: something. Much more like that. interested in the mainstream superhero stuff rather than the like introspective like mystery. Romance,
0: <laughs> <laughs> when they're, and they're missing out. Yeah, two hundred pages honest. of
2: two people at a dinner table looking meaningfully at each other.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So I,
0: but yeah, and aside from that, then what do you? How have you found in terms of conventions? have you ever
1: seen all that final
2: oh, We did the winter one. Oh, okay.
0: Oh, the okay. Just
2: for me, that did not yield it. I sold a lot of Pokemon buttons. <laughs> it didn't yield anything for me. It was a big investment that didn't give me a return. And that was really frustrating. But since then, I've done a number of small shows. Right. Uh, I love small cons. The tabling fee isn't as expensive, so the investment is smaller. Uh, I'm more likely to make back or make profit. And I can engage with people. Yeah. And I'm more likely to come away with a real connection. Like, I made a friend or yeah. someone's going to come to our next studio event. Or like maybe I found a client. Yeah. whereas at a big show it's kind of like I get
1: to stand in this large room while people shout for three yeah. days <laughs> try to be this interesting thing among all these 200 other interesting things yeah, yeah. And,
0: and like to be honest it's the percentage of like boots at a convention that are really you know pretty easy to dismiss is pretty low yeah. <laughs> honestly there's a lot of good stuff in a convention and you know I firmly advocate that anyone that goes to these conventions you know like I'd say, you know, skip the autographs with, like, the celebrities and stuff like that, as cool as it is. And
2: get autographs but, like, with us. <laughs> yeah, well, like,
0: just really, like, you know, really take your time in Artist Alley and talk to creators and see what they're doing and stuff. And, like, you'll be, you'd be amazed at the stuff that you'll end up coming across that you end up, ends up being, like, fantastic, you know? Um, but you wouldn't know unless you really talk to people and, and find out what kind of stuff is out there.
2: I can do five small shows for the cost of one big show. I, nah. Why wouldn't I do that?
0: Yeah, and you must get a much better yield out of that.
2: It's more fun. bit bizarre.
1: Bit bizarre. $10 uh, con. What's that? Bit bizarre, uh is uh, a show hosted out of Benzomiso, which is a <laughs> big studio space for indie video game creators. Oh, wow. It's up on uh, Richmond Street West, and it's just this big warehouse building. There's a couple of them on that street. Uh, that's Good, yeah. just oh, this cool. little hub. For video game indie creators, you can bring in a laptop and just work on your game. Oh, that's super cool. They offer, you know, conference rooms if you need to have a meeting with a uh, client. Uh, And recently, November December. December? December. December. The first weekend of December, I think, they had a uh, winter comic show. Uh, But... it was video indie video games, indie comic creators, and also, like, indie food people. Oh, wow. Like, crafters and stuff, too.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so,
1: uh, one floor was, like, illustration and some food, and then upstairs... Was the demo floor where it was all games you could try and people could, you know, show their wares and also more food. <laughs> yeah, there was that. Um, that's a like d- that pot pie vendor.
2: Oh my, oh god, my god, those, those are really good. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs>
0: amazing. Actually, that's really cool because that's that's the kind of vibe that I I've seen in places like Montreal, where like if you like. I go to Montreal a fair bit, my sister lives up there, and she's in the Mile End, which is the coolest neighborhood, I think, in that entire city, but they'll do things like that, and they'll just, like, they'll just label it, like, a flea market, except for it's practically a convention, it's like a convention for, like, you know, handcrafted things, and you'll get comics there, or you could get, yeah, like... It was handmade weird. jams. It felt
2: like it, it was probably like a church Christmas bazaar. Yeah, except that everyone was really nerdy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that and that's awesome. You know See, I can't believe I didn't. I missed out on that. See, I'm. I need to be in the loop of that because I. I will never miss one of those again.
1: We'll we'll hook in. Yeah,
0: that. and I'll be sure to plug it. You know, like on the podcast and online because that's something that people should be checking yeah. out.
1: It was a. Uh, it was odd when we were like first hearing about it and signing up. And they were like, "Oh yeah, you want to do Bit bazaar?" I'm like, "What's well, Bit bazaar?" like, "Oh." It's at bento miso i'm like what's me miso <laughs> and uh they're like oh yeah it's uh so it's going to be a comic show i'm like all right and uh the table fee is ten dollars or, you know, if you don't have $10, it's optional. <laughs> it's like, Oh, these are my people. And I'm like, okay, maybe yeah. they're, like, using artists to, like, promote the space. That's yeah. what they're doing. But then they were, like, offering, like, and, you know, if you've never had a table uh, to, like, show yourself, we're going to run a workshop on, like, how to run an artist at how a table a and, like, table? what to that's sell. Amazing. Which we signed up for and yeah. forgot to go to. Yeah. Wow. See, like, but I would have been super up
0: for it. This is, like, that's the kind of thing that's yeah. super helpful because I know, like, I personally know so many people that are like you know fledgling artists and stuff that would love to do something like a convention but they're so intimidated mm-hmm. and so scared and to have something like that where you don't have to invest a lot yeah. and you can you get help in terms of how you can do it that's such a great way to sort of you know put a toe in the water and just sort of see if you like the experience you know that's yeah. that's wild it was, oh, a, it was
1: a really positive space and a really positive experience i would absolutely do it again
0: Oh wow! So I mean, sure. ultimately, do you guys feel like uh, you know doing conventions? Uh, well, I mean, conventions seem like they're pretty essential. I mean, mm. for a webcomic.
2: Unfortunately, <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> really, is it that unfortunate though? I mean, it seems like it's it's a, it's almost like a like it's I don't want to say it's a workcation because it's not, but it also seems like it's a it's a networking event at the end of the day, is, right? It is. I mean, it is an expense, but it. For my experience, it's a fun, it's a fun weekend, you know. Like for the most part, you get to talk to people that are like minded. You know, do you guys feel that way, or like, what's your experience? If is it mostly positive or mostly negative? Or
1: uh I would say smaller shows. Uh, it's weird for me and Megan because you know we have original work, so we yeah. have it's a harder sell. Uh, mm-hmm. So smaller shows are a lot easier to show something new and also corner someone to like tell them this is what my book is about and even if they don't buy a book it's like well this is what it's about and if you want to read more here's the website here's a business card
0: I guess that's a big big nice uh, or a nice part of that too is that you're really honing your pitching skills yeah
2: I got so lucky at a convention recently um They had the whole voice cast of Sailor Moon Was there for the 20th anniversary And my booth was by the lineup for autographs So Stockholm Syndrome set in And people (laughs) would buy things It worked really well
0: That's so important I feel like that happened even this year at Fan Expo From some people I've talked to That it was so jammed the people would just be stuck at your booth for a while and then be like...
1: You'd bond to survive. Yeah,
0: exactly. And they'd be like, well, I guess I'll buy some stuff. You're pretty nice.
1: <laughs> and, uh, that happened at TCAF this year when I was with uh, Agnes. Uh, we weren't... Uh, TCAF's main floor, you know, there's the big aisle where mm-hmm. all the comics, And then there's like the corner by the stairs right. it's like this little cubby yeah. and we were in the cubby and at first we were a little worried but as it turns out people would come in there just for like air yeah. and so <laughs> we had we had uh, a lot of traffic just from that
0: actually um i think adam gorham a friend of mine actually was in that nook as well uh, he was he, he was, was backing off of someone else so he was in the go.
1: raid room so he was oh. like directly behind us in the yeah. glass room
0: oh okay yeah yeah I didn't even know about
1: that yeah
2: Oh, wow. the last time you went to TCAF? I was there that year. It was before we knew each other.
1: So yeah. I cruised by your table. And <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's tough because, like, you know, TCAF, it's, well, that's the Toronto Cr- cartooning arts festival? Uh,
1: comic arts
0: festival comic arts festival yeah and it's it's uh it's held in the the reference library of toronto and it's just a maze like it's so easy oh. to miss things because there are all these like nooks especially on the first floor there's all these nooks and crannies mm-hmm. and you just find stuff you're like i can't believe there's people here yeah i found jeff lemire in like a side room like and this is jeff lemire yeah. probably one of the most well-known you know comic artists in toronto you know, one, he's one, one of, of their most big draws. Foremost, Yeah, like, he's a huge, huge draw. And it was hard to find the guy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's a weird festival. It's also awesome, though. It's such a good time. It's so good. Yeah, and you just see so much original, cool work there. It's, uh... I, I'd say it's, like, if there was ever, a, like, a convention that I wouldn't miss, uh, T-Cast. that's TCAS the one. Especially because it's free. You'd be yeah, stupid not so much to go. it's like, yeah. It's
2: really interesting, refreshing content. Whereas, I think a lot of other conventions, you... Unfortunately, with some of them, once you've seen it, yeah. it's just kind of repeated. Well, I think
0: um, what what I've found too is like going to a lot of shows in Toronto. You kind of get a certain level of convention fatigue in that you see a lot of the oh, same yeah. stuff over and over. And you know, you got to do it. Uh, you know, any any artist that's trying to establish themselves, they have to keep going to these conventions you and work presence. exactly. But you know, as a as someone going in and checking out the work, you know, you you kind of get thirsty for something new and you know some of the conventions it's hard to find that mm. TCAF is definitely not one of those places there's there's always something new well
1: they always say uh, when uh, when you register for a table they always say that we value new tables over re- repeat customers yeah, uh, that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, maybe
0: they say that but yeah I mean they try to keep it fresh I think there's a certain level of them having to sort of Like, well, they're going to bring back some people, That if they want to come back, they're too big a draw to say no to.
1: They've gotten to the point where, like, they just, they have to turn big people away. Or, I guess, just, not big people, but... Uh, a little lesser known But still want to get in It's a little yeah. frustrating to kind of be like I'm, I'm a Toronto creator Like I'm doing stuff here and yeah. I know I know she's from Portland I'm simultaneously <laughs> like all about TCAF But at the same time like oh god damn it TCAF Like <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: just let me give you money <laughs> yes. Just Take my money yeah. Let me sit in it
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I guess that's a good point I mean I remember I think it was no, It wasn't last year but the year before They had um, like two guys that I, I had to go see which was fabio moon and gabriel bach are right. two of my favorite illustrators i guess, like i love their art but they're from brazil so yeah. you know not exactly that toronto about no. it not not a whole lot of toronto about that but you know i guess you kind of have to find a balance between getting those names that will draw people in and also supporting the local you know the local yeah. creative like, sort of Industry year, you know, ah, yeah. It's wonderful.
1: It comes to the point where, like, you just you have to sneak in. And it's like, oh, well, if I put on this waiter's in. uniform <laughs> you, and we'll you get you in party pie, like, under yeah. the catering yeah. cart, <laughs> like, uh, I have to Hijinks. I have to piggyback off of Agnes's table, or I have to sneak into the raid room, which yeah. I'll probably be doing this year. Yay! <laughs> <Hey. laughs> See you,
2: <The> studio hopper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know the the raid is another Toronto studio filled with fantastic talent as well. Um, it's like the Royal Academy of Illustration and Design. Okay. They've got a weird acronym, yeah, it's like
1: Royal Academy no, of Illustration. He and Sonia used to hotel there.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, what Adam was doing, I think, when he was at TCAF as well. He was hoteling there.
1: I was so intimidated by it that I
2: started a whole other studio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 well, it is. I mean, talk about intimidating. They're, that that studio of the resident artists, it's like a murderer's row of like illustrators and comic book artists yeah. in Toronto. Yeah,
1: Ramon really Perez, well. Francis Manipul. Marcus Toe, Kelman and Drislovsky, which I apologise in advance. i probably pronounced your name wrong.
0: <laughs> if he's listening. Yeah. Which I hope he is. But yeah, of course, why not? Yeah. Just believe. <laughs> yes, exactly. But um, yeah, I mean it's and it's a great studio, they're great people, but uh, yeah. Definitely intimidating. I could totally understand you just decided to be like, <laughs> I'm going elsewhere, I'm opening a new one.
2: I'm afraid of people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous in the sense that this is, uh, like, I mean, you've got how many other people in this studio? Um, which is, let's, let's plug it right now, it's the Comic Book Embassy.
2: That's us. Yeah, we which seat is- six in the main studio room. Uh, we are also home to Ty Templeton's Comic Book Boot Camp, which is hosted in its own separate classroom. Yep. That's excellent night courses with a wonderful instructor. Exactly. We're at 392 Spadina Avenue,
0: second yeah. floor. So, and uh, you guys have uh, the, the websites, comicbookembassy.com, isn't it? Or that is great. it thats
2: great. Yes, yeah, we do. There is a website. <laughs> yes, so, yes, we have that. If anyone
0: listening is at all interested or wants to get in contact, you can go to the website there and they, there's... Means of contact there, as yep. well as you know, information about the the classes, which I can't advocate enough. I mean, as someone who is still pretty novice at making comics, but like miles ahead of where I was, you know, two years ago or three years ago, I owe a lot to taking that course with uh, with Ty. He just basically like. It's like throwing a drowning person a life preserver because it's like you you like comics and you don't know where to begin. He's like, Okay, here's what you need to know and he'll tell you absolutely everything. And I feel like I'm promoting it right now, and maybe I can get some sort of like a cross promotion thing so I can technically uh-huh. do that. But no, this is just me purely endorsing it because I I loved my experience there and it was a fantastic a fantastic class. We've all
1: studied under Ty. You, yes. you took it as
0: well? Okay. Sorry. Well, I, uh, I had
1: him at Back to the Month. Well, right, of yeah, course. Yeah.
0: So. so, yeah, he's a fantastic, he fantastic a teacher.
1: Consummate instructor.
0: Yeah. You really will learn a lot, especially about comics, because that guy just knows the, the medium inside and out. He knows
2: it back and forth. Yeah, it's true. And in fact, uh, the studio was born of students that were taking one of his summer courses
0: yeah that's absolutely right and which i was also a part of um so there's there's a connection there don't want to you know like don't want to keep that hidden like so it's like people think i'm trying to uh cover that up no i mean we worked on a project called homes incorporated which you can download for free I believe you can yeah through like drive-through comics and uh, you know read it and you that's, know don't it's judge old work
2: me now. Old work now. <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: judge me but yeah you can check it out
2: baby Megan drew
0: that <laughs> <laughs> no your story was great though you actually it was really well illustrated and uh, yeah I mean you can check that out for free and that's what we did as a as a group project we we Together we created like sort of a small comic anthology and uh, yeah, and you guys from that turned it into a studio Which is super cool. And now you Carter get to enjoy as well
2: Yeah, (laughs) Megan Carter came on board and this place got 80% cleaner. Oh really?
0: (laughs) Wow, well, I mean it's in a really good state. I can't I, I can't imagine it was ever that bad though. Just
1: ignore the people boxes um, <laughs> I'm just really intolerant with dishes. I
0: don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm so grateful for yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's not a bad, that's not a bad thing at all. But uh, we're gonna, let's, let's wrap this up. Before I, you know, before we go, uh, just really quickly, I uh, just want to know if there's anything you guys wanted to sort of plug or promote. Uh, I mean, you've got your existing web comics. Is there anything else you guys can talk about that you're working on right now or...
1: I have my comic, and then I have my Tumblr, which is gamma-girl.tumblr.com. And uh, again, it's megacarter.com slash takeoff.
2: Sweet. And you, Meg? Know. Uh, my portfolio is viewable at thequietly.com, and my ongoing webcomic is found at com. I am available to be engaged for freelance work, animation, illustration,
1: exotic dancing, no, no, sorry.
0: <laughs> not that part. Not that one.
1: <laughs> don't contact me, don't email me, don't
0: yeah, look at uh-oh. me. Yeah, uh no, oh, that, that, not me gate. in those photos. So. Yeah. But uh, And lastly, is, is there anything uh, like a uh, social media or is there any way that you can get in contact like uh, oh. fans can get in contact or on uh, Twitter? On Twitter, I am mega
1: underscore carter dot com or not dot <laughs> com, uh, at mega underscore dot com at mega underscore carter and I'm at spooky Maggie
0: <laughs> Awesome. Alright, thanks guys that was fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you Cool
0: Alright, so there you have it uh, Like I said Fantastic, uh, both Megan's are just super charming, and I'm sure by the end of that podcast you adore them. So, with that in mind, you guys probably want to know the info. Uh, the comic book embassy that's at 392 Spadina. If you're you know in the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area, or you know Toronto itself. Or if you're ever in the area, you know, pop by. They're super friendly. I'm sure they would really appreciate the visit. Uh, You can also get to their website at comicbookembassy.com. Both of those ladies are uh, on the tweets um, at uh, SpookyMeggie, S-P-O-O-K-Y-M-E-G-G-I-E, and at Mega underscore Carter. Um, And also, you can get to their websites at megacarter.com slash takeoff for her comic takeoff. And B-A-T-B, for Beauty and the Beast, dot com. So it's B-A-T-B dot com. They also have Tumblr and Facebook and every other thing, obviously. But I'm not going to give you all that because, come on, who's got time for that? All right. um, I am not going to tell you who we've got for next week because that... Isn't sure yet, <laughs> but uh, tune in in two weeks, guys, because more awesome interviews on Geeky On Podcast.